All right. How many of you this week prayed for someone that went to KidVenture Camp? Yes, the names were all passed out. It was all the way from our junior campers who were people that were too young to go to camp, but their parents were there, and so we couldn't leave them at home alone. So they went with us all the way to our campers, which were kids who had completed third, fourth, and fifth grade, to junior counselors who are kids who are in middle school, high school. Um, They're not really old enough to be counselors, but they're junior counselors, and they help us tremendously, um, helping to meet needs and make sure everybody stays safe and those kind of things, and then our counselors who were the adults that went. And you guys prayed for all of them, and I have to tell you that God answers prayer, and God answered your prayers, not only because we didn't have any vans to break down. Um, Nobody got heat exhausted, even though the temperature outside was 100 degrees, um, and it was very, very humid. It was kind of, we had our own little personal sauna every time we went outside. Uh, Not only did everybody stay healthy and safe and no accidents, but guys, the Holy Spirit came and spoke. Jesus spoke and changed lives and did some amazing things. And so um, I have a few people that were like, let me say something, let me say something, let me say something. So uh, we're going to let some people share very briefly, okay, uh, very briefly. We said two minutes, so I have to snatch the mic out of your hand because we have so much to do today. Um, but I would like to invite those people to come up right now. So Ms. Tara, come, 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 come. Uh, Mr. Todd, come, come, come. Kyler, Austin. Yo, can't say who else? Who, who else? Uh, I'm thinking uh, Sophia. Where are you, Sophia? Sophia said, "Oh, oh, you're up." I think that's it. I think that's it. Okay. Oh, and Miss Heather, where are you? Where are you? Oh, you're going to end. Come stand with. Um, you you may wonder what these things are back here. Uh, during one of our response times, uh, we actually talked about our emotions and different things that God would teach us through those. And these are actually ones that we put out, and the kids went and wrote things that God taught them. Um, things like on grace, not only was it the grace that God has for us, but like one of them I just read said... The people that are unkind to me, I need to give them grace, forgive them, and give them a second chance because they don't know Christ. Okay? Those were the type of things. Um, Brave uh, had somebody that said, the Lord helped me to be brave and is teaching me to step out of my comfort zone in order to love others. Um, Just all kinds of really cool things. So if you get the opportunity to come up and and take a look at those, that's awesome. Um, We are going to start actually with, I think we're going to start with Mr. Todd. Give him a round of applause. He was a first-time camper, first-time counselor. They said you had to be under four foot to go, so <laughs> you know, so, so I fit the bill. Um, no, I uh, like Gerald said. It was my first time to go. Uh, it was my son Austin's first time to go, and I, you know, I really debated for for several months on whether I I, 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 want, I knew I wanted to go, but unfortunately for me, if I don't work, I don't get paid. So I was debating back and forth. Can I afford to to go a week and, and not get paid? So we we just Austin and I talked about it, and uh, I knew he wanted to go, and and it just it was just on my heart to to go. It was just weird. I just I, I kept on. I kept telling Geraldine, you know, are y'all going? Yeah, we're going. We're going. So, but with that being said, I can tell you, I had an awesome time up there with with the kids. Uh, you know, like I told them, a lot of times as adults we think that. You know, it's it's for the kids that, you know, the kids think, well, the adults are just going to be teaching us something. But like I told them, being in the small groups with the guys that I had and, good Lord, being in a cabin with 16 or 17 of them at, <clears throat> at night, they, they, they taught me a lot. They taught me a lot. And it, it's something that, like I said, that, that's a week that's, that's just priceless. There's no amount of money that would ever take that experience back uh, and... You know, hopefully I look forward to, to doing it again, and that's a week again that, that Austin and I will always always have. So uh, I did learn one phrase down there. I, I mean, good grief. I never I never knew the term 
boom roasted could be said so many times, but, but it was. So anyway, I enjoyed it. We got a great group of kids here. Thank you so much. Woohoo! Um, we wanted to, um, we, we had kind of wanted to sh- show a, a, a video of what our worship times were like. I don't know that we're going to be able to do that, but I'm definitely going to tell you what they were like. Um, we had the opportunity to have all 73 of us in a room, and we have worship time. We usually, at the end, we play some kind of goofy games, but a lot of times we would have a, a skit, and we would have more worship time, and then we would have a teaching time, and then a response time. And um, I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna let my friend Tara. She this is her second year. Yay! A glutton for punishment. She came with one year, and she was like, I'm ready to do it again. And uh, she has such a heart for the kids and to minister to them and knowing what's important, uh, which I really appreciate. And so share with us a little bit. Um, you're gonna get a lot of different perspectives from a father, a counselor, from kids, from counselors. Um, My perspective is probably different from everyone's because I was not involved with the kids per se. Um, I was with the little ones most of the time, and I was able to stand back and just kind of absorb and and observe. And the video clip they were able to show, they're not able to show, was... um, one time when I walked into worship, um, there's worship down below, and then there's up above where they have pool tables and fun, and that's where all the audio is, is done. And I was able to go up and just watch. And um, it, I wish you could see it, but you can't. You really can't. Ex- even if you see it, I don't think you'd be able to experience the uh, just the Holy Spirit working in worship with these kids and joyfully worshiping. Um, and also um, Kathleen joyfully worshiping, which was beautiful. And um, it was just, and I was telling Jaren, it was like a bird's eye view. And I was like, oh, kind of like God looking down going, those are my, those are my people. And thank you. And just the, the joy that he must have received seeing that. Um, <clears throat> that was the video clip. That's, the, that's what that perspective. But my other perspective that I want to I wanna share is I don't know that and. Most of you know the heart of Gerilyn and Rick. They love these kids so much, and they have such an impact on these kids. Let me just tell you that most of the people working there were not from our church. They were from other churches because they have experienced them, and they wanted to serve with them. And they gave up their time to serve with them. There are kids that call up and say, can I please go to Gerilyn's camp? Because it's her and it's Rick in the heart of these kids. If you have not served with them, you do not know them. Because their heart is so good and their heart is for these kids. There's not one selfish bone in in both of their lives. It is all for the kids. And to serve alongside of these people is such a privilege. And I glean from them for my own children. So I encourage you all to... Consider that and remember that next year that um, we, we need more of you out there. We really do because it is, it is beautiful, and it's not about us. Serving God is not about us. It's about the kids, and they are a perfect example of that, and that's what I wanted to share in my perspective. You're so sweet. I'll pay you later. No, thank you so much. That's so sweet. Um, I... You can hang out till we go back. She's actually serving this morning with some of our little guys, and so we've swapped somebody in there. So she said, do I need to go back now? I'm like, no, hold on. But thank you for your heart and for serving and for being willing to show God's love to these kids. Because she did an awesome job with games, didn't she, guys? <laughs> All right. This is my friend Will, and he said he'd be more comfortable if I ask him questions. And that's understandable, right? We, we all know what that's like. Uh, I'll have to tell you that... Um, there were numerous people that saw him, but not just saw him, but saw Christ working in him. And so um, there was a time where we were all in worship, and we were having a response time, and you stood up. And the first thing I thought was that you were probably needing to go to the restroom, <laughs> or you went to know when snack time was. Not that that ever happens, you know, with a bunch of kids after they're hot and sweaty and it's all day. But tell me, why was it that you got up during that time? <laughs> 
I got up to go and pray for someone. You got up and went to pray for someone. Um, and were you told to get up and go pray for them by any adults or anything? No. And who was it that you think was telling you to go and pray specifically for this person? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And you uh, you were honoring to that. And then you asked them if it was okay. And what did they say when you went and asked them if it was okay if you prayed for them? Yes. They said yes. And what was that experience like for you? Was it a good experience? Was it like freaky weird? What, what was it? It was really exciting because it was one of the first times I've heard from God like that. That's awesome. Yeah, clap for this boy. We had a lot of kids that would, that said, this is one of the first times I really heard God speak to me and tell me to do something. Now, he's a believer, but to have God, empower, the Holy Spirit, empower him to go to others. And then that kid's life also was greatly impacted by his willingness to serve. Woo, woo. All right. We have Tyler here. He is He was a junior counselor. Um, yes, I know. It's hard to believe. And so share with us just a little bit about your what. God taught you or what happened in your life? Um, first off, if you know about Gaga Ball, it's pretty intense. But um, what I really wanted to talk about is, so being a junior counselor, it's more than just um, being like an older camper. And it, this really gave me a respect for the Vinterns at one camp, wherever you, you, wherever you guys are. Shout out. Um, but really, like, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes that you don't see, but it's it's really it's really awesome when you get to do it firsthand because like you, I really thought like I was going in and I was like oh man I'm gonna have to do all this stuff you know um, but I, I I started doing it and I was just like can I serve more can I serve more because yeah because it was fun because you were doing it for the right reason you know I wasn't doing it for myself I was doing it for you know, the joy of the Holy Spirit and, and these kids and to see them grow in God, you know, and that's, I think that's the big point, um, for camp is it's not about the junior camp, the junior counselors and the counselors. It's for the campers, but the junior counselors and counselors can get just as much or even more out of it. Um, but what I really wanted to talk about was it really opened my eyes that, Everything I did, I just said thank you. And everything that happened, I said thank you. And going to the lake, that was a blessing because, it, like Mr. Allen said, it felt like it was 800 degrees outside. <laughs> so it was definitely a blessing. Um, and everything, I just said thank you. And I just saw God move. And, and children that were, when I was their age, I was just like, yeah, go God. And But when I saw them, like, actually doing things that were from the Holy Spirit, it was like, it blew my mind. And that's what I really got out of camp. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to let, I'm going to let this young man go first. He's a man of many words, if you know him, in front of people especially, right? Um, but we had uh, something really cool that happened during uh, our decision time. First of all, did you did you like camp? I loved camp. Okay, <laughs> woohoo! And then um, number two, he is a kid. he's an awesome kid. Okay, when you're around him, he's awesome. He's always respectful and kind and all that. And and he loved Jesus. He he loves Jesus so much. But when we were at camp, uh, something very special happened. And do you want to tell him what happened to you during our decision time there? Um, well. We- after we did our worship, we went into, like, a time of prayer, and Miss Geraldine came up to me, and she started, like, talking, saying, I think that it's time that you accept the Holy Spirit into your heart because I've been seeing how good you've been doing and praying the um, Lord. And so I took that, and I accepted the Holy Spirit into my heart again. It was really cool. He was sitting there, and his eyes were brimming up. And I said, now, listen, I'm going to ask you something, but if you don't want to. (laughs) I said that like three times, right? If you're not ready, if you don't want to, if I'm off base, then just, you know, that is okay. And I said, but do you think now's your time to really give Jesus total control of your heart and life? And he said, yes. And then right there with his dad present, which was so cool, 
he just prayed and, and gave the Lord everything. And this was hard for him to stand up, so I'm so proud of you for doing that. Woo, 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 woo. All right. Uh, next, I'll let you share, okay? Kids, share with us but what God taught you. So last year, I went to camp, and I accepted God into my heart. And then this year, it felt like I did that again, but even better. And it was so awesome. I had a lot of kids that were like, I know Christ, but like, I have this fire in me. And I was like, yes, I know. That's what it is. And, um, and she told me that when she got home, she told me just a few minutes ago, she said, I got home and I like couldn't read my Bible enough. And I was like, that's so cool. Wherever we were in our relationship with Jesus, the goal was for us to go a step closer to him. Okay. To walk a little bit further with him. Okay. Um, I'll let you get next since you're right here. All right. This is Zach. He was also a junior counselor. Tell me what happened with you. Um, so walking into this camp um, is really special because I went last year and... But last year, if you would have asked me to pray for kids and if you asked me to explain God, I wouldn't have been able to do it like I did this year. There's some pictures up there of me praying for a few kids, and um, I've kind of, like, stepped through with my relationship with God and kind of accepted him in this past year. So the camp this year as a junior counselor has made it, like, so more exciting. He's all in. That's what we talked about. Thank you, Scott. That's awesome. Yep, we talked about, are you just kind of, are you just kind of in, or are you all in? And they are all in. All right, Sophia, share with us what you want to. Okay, so the last three years, I went as a camper, and it was awesome. Like, I felt God's presence there like I've never, I never have before, just like any other camp, really, (laughs) but... This year is my first year going as a counselor, and just being able to pray for the kids, and just like when I was praying, it's just kind of like, wow, it just came out. I just said encouraging them and prayed for them, and I just loved it. It's really cool when the Holy Spirit takes over and tells us what to do and how to approach and how to, how to pray for people. Okay, last but not least, right, yes, it's Heather. I will keep it to at least, like, 15 minutes or less. I'm just... <laughs> I, um, I, I um, second what Tara said about Gerilyn and Rick and, um, and being there and experience. I work with Gerilyn all the time, but um, this is just, it's just awesome what she does at camp. And, um, and to experience it two years in a row and go and be a counselor and be, um, you know, it's an honor and privilege to get to love on all these kids, you know, for like four days straight. It's like my dream come true. I love children. And what the Lord is really teaching me is like, you know, no matter where we are, we can be in Guatemala, we poop, and we can be, you know, anywhere. We can be here and we can be in Pista, Pisgah. I cannot pronounce that. Where we go? Pisgah, Alabama. And um, the least of these are not really the least of these. I mean, these children are amazing. And, um, and they bless my heart more like bracelet twins, boom, um, more than it's, it's just on, it's unreal. And it's, um, quite an experience to just go and get to see like what Holy Spirit does with Todd and standing up there and doing, coming up with, you know, an analogy for Gaga ball, like G8, God's awesome. God's awesome. I had to say that he didn't say that earlier, but he stood in front of all the kids and he had never been at camp before or, you know, any type of situation like that. But then here he goes and he's standing at the podium, you know, and giving a message to all the kids that Holy Spirit just laid on his heart. And, um, but then also, you know, to watch it and then, you know, Todd's there and but Austin accepts, and it was last year with Shauna and Kinsley and Addison, you know, it's like amazing what, you know, just your yes can be used for. And, um, also, you know, just to make yourself available and flexible for God and what he can do in that. So I encourage any of you, you know, like you, you know, to like next year when it comes along, if you want to come, you know, and, and one, the last thing I, and I, so 
the color run was pretty amazing and it was in honor of Ezra and I know that you've seen there it is there's Sophia um to do something like that and and to have you know like to honor him in that way but also to acknowledge you know like he was there last year and and he had an amazing time we all had an amazing time with him he was a junior counselor but just to um have Kathleen come again and Eliana and Elijah and be there instead of like you know it not it being where she didn't come because it was too hurtful to remember, you know, and I pray that Holy Spirit would just wash over all of them with warm, fuzzy, awesome feelings, you know, to have like, um, remember the good memories and everything. And and I believe that happened and it was awesome to experience and to have something to honor him in such a cool way. That was like, that color run was like major fun. I'm just going to say, all right, I love you guys. It's true. Um, we did it. We had different stations. We did a scavenger hunt, and the last one we were emphasizing joy. And we said, what better way than to have a color run, but also to focus on our little friend Ezra, who was with us because he was so incredibly joyful. But we also read the passage of Scripture where Christ said, you need to obey me. And the reason I tell you these things is so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. And we were talking about, even though we didn't have complete joy now, it's nothing compared to the complete joy that Ezra has as he was looking down on us, having a blast and enjoying that. And it was a special time. God's Holy Spirit wants to move in each of us. He wants to speak to us, and he wants us, when we give him everything, he will bless us with joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that was our goal this week, was to take a step forward, to go just a little bit deeper with him. And that happened. Because of your prayers and your support, a lot of you gave money, time, energy, and prayers. Thank you so much for all that you did to make changes in our life possible. This is just the starting point. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Good job, guys. Way to go. a lot of them. So as we give them a minute to get out of here, um, just a, a reminder for those of you that were here last week, um, Steve announced what uh, a big part of what we're going into this fall. We're diving into a campaign this, this fall called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And we're asking everybody that considers vintage their home, right? So if you consider vintage your home church, if you just raise your hand a second, right? Awesome. That's most of you. All right. So if vintage is your home church, this is what I want you to hear. Here's an opportunity for you to make a commitment and investment into your church and into the lives of other people in your church. Anybody been at one of the services so far this summer? In the last several weeks, we've been going through 1 Corinthians, actually several months. We started in January, and we're starting to wrap it up this morning. But as we've been going through the last few chapters, you've been hearing about the gifts of the Spirit. And as you heard from Steve last week, the purpose of the gifts and the value and the thing that Paul is 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 directing the 1 Corinthians church to, I mean the, the Corinthians church to, in the book of 1 Corinthians, is that you are doing this, this gift is not just for you, it is for you for the benefit of one another, right? So it's not a a gift that you can just stick in your pocket and walk away. It is a gift that is given to you for the purpose of the other people in the body. And so in that like manner and like fashion, we are asking you, if you were one of those people that raised your hand, we are asking you to take initiative in caring for and serving other people in the body by being a part of one of these groups and taking the initiative to say, okay, I'm going to, to not just say, do I want to be in a small group or do I want to participate in this church wide event? Now you're saying, is there some way that God can use me to minister to other people in the body? And if you don't believe that there is, then there's some really healthy things for you to be able to, to step into 
that God wants to free you to be a person that you can understand that he desires to have his way in your life, that you can be of benefit and that you can be a blessing to other people in the body. And now here is an opportunity in joining and being a part of one of these emotionally healthy spirituality groups. We're asking people to gather in groups of three to six people of the same gender. If you're in a small group with couples, then that's great. We want you to be in a small group with couples. And when there is a discussion time in this series, then you're just going to pull apart with a smaller group of folks. Because as you'll discover as we get into the series, you know, this this is some stuff that can take some time to unpack. But what we're doing in this series is we're understanding that in order to be spiritually mature, we have to first be emotionally healthy. And there, every one of us in here has some things, some areas that we can mature in our faith. And by and so we see this as a great opportunity to to come alongside and to walk together as you pour into one another's lives, that you as you encourage each other and as we apply the truths that Scripture has for us to grow to become maturely. I mean, to to grow to become spiritually mature. So. If you're I just ask you to pray about that. And if you're willing to, if you feel like, you know, this is an opportunity for you, then I encourage you to fill out the form on our website to say I'm I'm willing to help take initiative and pull one of these together. You can find the people in your own group. The main thing is I want you to hear is that we're asking everybody that considers vintage their home to take ownership. You'll be getting a letter this week that's going out from staff as we look at Acts 242. That's the. 242 part of our name acts 242 this is what it basically says that they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to breaking of bread and the the community they had together and to prayer and if you raised your hand a minute ago we are making that same offer to you to have this be a season that you are committing to do the same thing that the first century church did and we're believing that god has some amazing things in store for us and for you and for the relationships that you have with other people in the church as he empowers you to minister to one another. So much of our lives, at least much of my life, I grew up in the church understanding that it was more of a consumer kind of thing that what did I get out of this or did I like that worship service or not like that worship service? Did I like the way they sung the hymns or did I like the way that we didn't have any hymns and we we sung and we looked at words on screen? Most of us have been have been conditioned to kind of come into church with some kind of perspective of what is it that I like that's really kind of best for me. And the reality is, as we look at this book, which is our guide, that Jesus is never really asking you to consider what's best for you of what you like. He's asking you to come and die. He's asking you to live a life that the gospel you may have been presented was not the gospel that is truly presented. So one of my questions for you this morning is, if you think about the gospel of Jesus Christ... Imagine, I'm going to give you just a second to imagine that in your head. What is the gospel? If you had to give me an answer, imagine what you might say. Now, let me tell you, there's a really good chance that what you might say would be different than if I asked you, what was the gospel that Jesus preached? Because the gospel that Jesus preached was about the kingdom of God. It was not solely and simply that we could make a commitment and say that I've accepted Jesus Christ into my Lord and into my heart and he is my Lord and Savior. I would imagine that most of us had something to the degree that we believe that it would be about making a commitment and believing that Jesus died, was crucified, buried and on the third day rose again. And all that is true. But the gospel that Jesus preached was that the kingdom of God has now come. And the good news is you can now live in it. You can live in the kingdom of God. You don't have to wait until the kingdom of God appears in your passing from life to death and that you get to live eternally with him. Jesus came proclaiming that you can repent and have life now here in abundance. But most of my life, I grew up in a church that never taught me or explained how do I live in accordance with the kingdom? 
How do I take steps to be in the kingdom and to live in accordance with the kingdom that is a different life than the life I've always known? Most of us are riddled, stuck, and caught in the life that we've known, and we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but never been led into how to follow Him and apply the truths that He teaches. And so, the gospel for us continues to become good news. Because the gospel that we are stepping into and preaching and believing in and believing in our own lives and believing for your lives is a gospel that of where Jesus Christ comes to impact your life and to make a difference every day from here to eternity. And that your character is not something that is waiting to be transformed when you die. Your character begins the moment that you receive Christ and he begins walking you through in the church, we would, we would say this process of sanctification, but where you begin taking steps every day to grow in understanding how to die to self in order to be able to truly live. Now, this gospel that we're, that we're looking at as we look at, at, at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is the gospel that I'm referring to. So if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along with me, Paul Paul transitions from chapter 14 where he's speaking about the gifts of, of prophecy and tongues and orderly worship. And he, he, he changes a gear here in chapter 15. And he says, now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel that I preach to you. I want to remind you of the gospel that I preach to you. Anybody ever felt like they knew something all to discover? They were very confident in knowing this thing and then learning that what they felt like they knew they were wrong about, right? Like I, I've done that. Steve asked me something a, a few weeks ago. Timothy can kind of attest to this, that he, uh, he was referring to the strengths finder material that we use on staff. And, um, and he said, you know, you've taken the test twice. And I was like, no, I've only taken it once. And he's like, no, no, you took it twice. I was like, no, I, I no, I only, I only took the test once. Now he knows that I have the worst memory of anybody on the planet. We've known each other a long time. And so he smiled and gave me grace. He was not angry and he was not um, he was not argumentative in, in perfect Steve fashion. He was very he was very graceful and uh, and loving. And then he kind of made a little type on his com- computer for a minute. And I was convinced that I had only taken the test once. And he said, uh, you took it twice. Here were the results the first time you took it 10 years ago. And here were the results when you took it two years ago. And I was like, oh, OK. And, and so what did I feel? I mean, in that moment, I'm humbled and I feel like an idiot, right? Anybody ever, anybody ever felt that, had moments like that where you were really kind of convinced, I don't remember this to be, I'm pretty confident what my answer is, all to be then kind of understand the reality and like, okay, something's new. Like it happened to me yesterday. I, I was looking for my car keys. Anybody ever look for the car keys? Can't find them. And I look all over and Rebecca said, well, I, I'm pretty sure that they're on the island in the kitchen. And I was like, no, I looked on the island in the kitchen. She said, well, that's the last place I saw them. Yep. They were on the island in the kitchen. All right. And I was like, okay, thanks. Sorry. You're right. I felt like it, in those minutes, you kind of feel like an idiot, right? I, I mean, I have a lot of them. I don't know if you're like me, but I have a lot of them, right? Well, as we continue reading, one of the things I want you to see when Paul says, I want to remind you of something. This is Paul being a little bit like Steve, you know, being very graceful and loving and say, so let me remind you of something so you don't look like an idiot. Okay, you took the test twice. Right. So let me remind you of something. He's being encouraging. Let me remind you of something so you don't miss out and you think that you're living in a reality, but the reality is not really there. So let me remind you of the gospel, he says, the gospel that I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. But this gospel, uh, by this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word that I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. Otherwise, you've believed in vain. Now, friends, let me just tell you, this is not one of those moments that we want to discover that we were an idiot. When we stand before Christ, is I'm not gonna, because of time, y'all going to get a seven-hour sermon in about 17 minutes, right? So because of time, I'm not going to dive into Matthew 7. But if we look at Matthew 7, you'll probably remember the words that I'm kind of speaking to you where Jesus says, you know, it doesn't matter whether or not you cast out demons and healed people and done all these different things in my name. 
I'll look at you and say, I did not know you. And so be apart from me, right? And he's speaking of people who had spiritual power and did miraculous things that supernaturally took place. And Jesus says and essentially looks at and says, I look at you and I don't see my own character reflected back. Because, friends, this work of transformation that Jesus wants to do in our lives has to be something that we make a plan and a purpose of our lives. You see, the kingdom of God is not just something that you walk alongside in belief. The kingdom of God is a place that we enter in where all of our perspective, all of our decisions, all of our will get surrendered to. To live my life as though Jesus Christ was going to live his life in me. This is what Paul says. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives his life in me. So whatever you do, if you're an accountant, if you're a a president of a bank, if you, you know, collect garbage for a living, it doesn't matter. How would Jesus do what he's led you to do? So if you're an accountant, how would Jesus Go to job, go to go to your job and do what you do. If he's running your life. This is what it is to be a disciple. Now, as you think about different jobs, you know, you can you can pick out different things. You could say, okay, uh, lawyers always get picked on. So let's pick on a lawyer for a minute. Imagine being a lawyer and and being challenged with this opportunity to say, okay, being a disciple of Jesus means Jesus is going to go into my law firm in the morning. He's going to drive 45 minutes into my law firm. He's going to interact with the people in on my staff and engage with the people that I'm litigating against as the character that we see in here. Now, wait a minute. That's going to be really hard to do. If you stereotype what lawyers are like, like that may be outside my stretch and realm of what I understand can be feasible. But it's the gospel nonetheless. Have you ever wrestle with or struggle with fear and worry? You know, okay. Being a disciple means Growing in this maturity to live in the kingdom, not just walk alongside of it, but to live in the kingdom. And here's one of the things that Jesus that Jesus Jesus preached in the ways of the kingdom and in the things that he came to bring us in John chapter 14, verse 27. He says, peace, I live, I leave you my peace. I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So if Jesus says, I came to give you peace and do not be afraid, when we find ourselves gripped with fear and worry, we're not walking in the kingdom. We may be walking alongside of it. We may be walking in the place where we truly believe everything that is said in there is true. But to walk in it means to say, I'm going to live my life learning from Jesus and how to become like him because he came to give me peace and he was able to walk in peace. Listen, I cannot fathom a man who hung on the cross in a place of peace. And instead of having some some coarse words for the people that were stabbing him in the in the side and spitting in his face and whipping his back and putting the nails in his hand, said, forgive them, father. They know not what they do. Like that's a character that my character needs transformation to be like. I don't know about you, but in order to be at peace in a place like this, where I'm not considering what the pain is to myself, but instead I'm so loving others that I'm willing to do this. And in this moment when I could be spewing curses, I give out a blessing. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I need a lot of help. For the Holy Spirit to transform my character to be like him in that moment. I need a lot of help for my character to be transformed in a moment of traffic. When people are cutting me off. And they're cutting me off and then showing me a finger. You know, I mean, I need I need a lot of character change. When people are interacting in my world 
different than the way I would want them to interact if I were overseeing everything that they're doing. Anybody else like that? So here's the good news of the gospel. Jesus knows that about your life and about my life. And he gives us his Holy Spirit to work within us and to do this work that we no longer have to walk alongside the kingdom. We get to step into the kingdom. And that is the that is the gospel that Jesus preached. That is the gospel that he came to bring. And many of us are living our lives, maybe never fully understanding that that is the gospel that we get to live in. But it takes a change. It takes a change from moving to a place of worry And being afraid to be able to step into a place where I find peace. And maybe your experience is a little bit like mine. Maybe your experience is that you've you've come to church for a long time. You've heard, like me, thousands of sermons. But so few ended in how. How do I do that? How do I apply the truths that Jesus taught and the things that Jesus offered and begin living a different life? If that's something that interests you, then I've got good news for you. We want to be a different church. We want to both personally learn how To have the reality of all the things that Jesus preached be the reality that we learn to step into and live in. And we want to be a church that leads you to help lead each other and have the Holy Spirit active in your life to lead you into walking in the reality of the kingdom. How? One of the first steps that we that we see Jesus offer us is is this term grace. And so we're going to define it this morning because and this won't be the last time you hear this. You may hear this a thousand times. I need to hear it a thousand times. Grace. We pull that up on the screen. Grace is the power of God working in our lives to accomplish what we cannot accomplish on our own. I'll read it again. Grace is the power of God working in our lives to accomplish what we cannot accomplish alone. Can we get into heaven on our own? No. We need grace. Here's the big piece. Can we just choose to have this kind of transformation happen in our own efforts? That I give up worry and I give up, you know... Being angry, I give up sin, I give up this habitual thing, I give these things up, and I'm going to choose to do these things differently, and I'm going to discipline myself to be able to live a different life. Can we do that? If you've ever tried, you're probably really frustrated. And at some point, you probably walked away. You probably stepped back from the invitation that Christ had in store and intended for you in your life. The little mental image that just kind of goes through my head as I was sitting up here early. It's like if you've ever gone to a to an amusement park and got ready to go ride this amazing roller coaster ride. Right. You wait in this long line. You walk up to the edge and there are these cars in front of you and you go and you sit down in the car and then you pull the thing over and then you go do the flips and the loop de loos and everything else. And it's the time of your life. Even if you don't like roller coasters, just imagine it's the time of your life. You're like, you wouldn't want to miss this. You can't wait to tell everybody about it because it's the best thing that's ever happened to you. But instead of sitting down and buckling in, we just take one more step on the other side and end up on the other platform on the other side of the, the tracks. The very same step, the very same place you will stand when the ride's over. And friend, that's not God's intention For your life to just step onto this car and then to step off and end up at the same place that he intends for you to end up when it's over. That place he intends for you to end up when it's over is heaven. But he wants to lead you through this thrill ride that you don't want to miss. But most of us don't sit in and buckle up and say, okay, what what have you got in store for me? And maybe we have done a terrible job as the church and as pastors in leading you how to. But this is what gives me great hope, is that as we seek to discover the reality of the kingdom and begin living with the full intent of our heart, 
to step into that reality, you will see a transformation happen in your life. So Paul says, again, verse 2, By this gospel you are saved if, if you hold firmly to the word that I preach to you. Otherwise, you believed in vain. And he goes on in the next few verses, and I'm wrapping up in this. It goes on the next few verses to say what this gospel is. And he's reminding them that it's a gospel that saw Jesus come and die for sin. It's a gospel that says that he was resurrected and is at the right hand of the Father. It's a gospel that says he came back and and testified and spoke to to these people. And then 500 and on and on and on. And it's this gospel that... That I've become an apostle, Paul says, and I'm the least of these apostles because he goes on to say, I was a person who who persecuted the church. But by the grace, by the where's my word, by the power of God working in my life to accomplish what I never could have accomplished on my own. By the grace of God, I am what I am today and his grace empowering to be what I could not do on my own is not without effect. So here's one of the great moments in your spiritual journey if you sit down in that seat on the roller coaster and say, buckle in. You'll do this. This is the buckling in part. You'll pull that little thing down over your head and over your shoulders and it clicks in place. And you're ready to hold on tight. And that buckling is is saying, okay, show me, Lord. That buckling in is... What we what we call this discipline of self-reflection, this discipline, asking the Holy Spirit to examine our hearts. You hear David speak of it in Psalms. Test me, O God, know my anxious ways, know my heart and renew this right spirit within me. Friends, if you've been living the Christian life bound by something or finding yourself slipping into the pattern of the of how you live before you accepted Jesus Christ, then the gospel that he taught is really, really, really good news for you today and tomorrow and every day from now until you step off that that car into the place he has for you to into eternity. His plan is not to transform your character from when you die into the character that he would have you be. His plan is to begin doing that work in this moment. And that's good news. Because the very thing that we find ourselves stolen away from us by not choosing to learn how to discover, to follow Jesus, and to practice what he preaches, and to step into the things that he gives us, is the, is the life that is stealing, killing, and destroying the abundant life that he came to, came to give. So you tell me, Holding on to and having fear and worry continue to be a part of your life from now until you go into eternity. Or having a trade-off of peace. Anybody want to, want to learn how to step into peace? And friends, this is just one. This is just one of many things that Jesus teaches about how to live in his kingdom and what his kingdom is like. You want some solutions to your marriage? Apply some how that's in here. It's very clear. Not only applying the how, but having his grace to come and empower you to do what you never could do before. But my question is, where's your heart? My challenge is many of you have heard thousands of sermons. If you can walk out of here today. And not somehow in this week, scratch your head and saying, I'm going to have to think about that. I'm going to have to pray about that. I'm going to have to try to figure out what that really is. Then you haven't heard anything that I've said. Because my challenge to you this morning is not to leave you in a place that, okay, let me just profess Jesus Christ again one more time. And then there I am. Bang, boom. No, my challenge to you today is that what are you going to do when you walk out of the door? Are you going to walk alongside the kingdom, standing firm in all the different things that you that have been taught to you? Or are you going to learn how to step into and walk in the kingdom and experience the fruit in your life that his spirit wants to bring? You can't do it on your own. It requires his grace. But it does take an intent and a focused effort to live in accordance 
with who He is and what He wants to do in your life and in my life. He is leading us into, in this coming season in the fall, how to discover the value and the depths of what practicing some self-reflection can be. That your responsibility isn't just to go out and preach the gospel. Your responsibility is to preach to your own heart the gospel and to discover in your own heart what is it behind my worry and my fear that keeps it there. What is it that God wants to free me from that he can replace that with a peace? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have no intention for in anything that you did to be done so in vain on our behalf. But instead, Lord, you love us. You came and you gave your life for us. And not only that, Lord, you sent your spirit to be able to come and live within us. Father, lead us to be a people that daily give our lives before you, that daily say, yes, Lord, I I come and die because in, in the kingdom, everything is about death is about a birthing of life. You taught about it in your kingdom when a seed falls into the ground, unless it dies, it cannot produce this fruit. But when it does, look at what happens. So, Lord, remind us this week of the things in your kingdom in which you promise that as we set aside our own kingdoms, we step into the reality of your kingdom. That as we set aside and wrestle with the fears and the worries, Lord, you have something to replace those with. They're not empty words. They're not promises for for a one day off place in heaven. They are for here and now. And you are leading your people to practice what you preached. You are leading your people to encounter and have the experience and witness and have a testimony that this is true. This is real. This can happen in my life. Here's what happened. Thank you, Lord, that you don't make it about the short time, short, short term moment. Lord, you make it about the long term future. But that, Lord, your gospel comes to transform everything it touches. So, Lord, let us wrestle this week is what is the effect of the gospel in my life? Not just am I being an effect to witness to other people, but what is the effect where it's changing and transforming my character? How am I living my life or having you live your life through me? Lead me in these ways. Lead me into your truth. And in this, Lord, we can know your peace. We can know your love. We can step into the joy that you came to bring. We can have peace and patience. We can be gentle. We can be kind. you give us by your spirit control over self so let us lay down our hearts and our will before you as an offering and as a living sacrifice and transform us by the renewing of our minds into the people that you've called us to be thank you for this body Lord Thank you for how you want to empower people within this body, body to minister to one another in the coming season. Thank you for the, the willingness to step up and, and commit and be devoted to the same things that we see in Acts 2. Thank you that you have plans to not only transform our lives, but to transform other lives before our very eyes. Lord, you have plans to transform a community, we believe. So, Jesus, in your name, we say amen.